Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco, and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. Pastor Johnson started this series, Greater Than, and it was so incredible to start listening and leaning into what God is, who he is, and how he can take any circumstance and how he can transform it for his glory. I don't know if I can get this thing to stand up. I'm using my husband's iPad today, so forgive me if if it goes a little crazy on me. Um, But you know, as I was preparing for this message today, I just felt a couple of weeks ago, my husband had not asked me to preach yet, but I felt in my spirit to start writing something. You know, God is always preparing us even when we don't know what is coming next, right? He's always doing something. If we'll just lean in and listen, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I was, I was preparing, God, what do you want me to speak on? And there's a, there's a theme in my spirit, and God has given me a word this year, and the word is joy. Because last year was a hard year, and this year I've been learning and leaning in to what joy really is. And I realized with 2020 that there was a lot of things that happened. There was a lot of things during the year that caused me to feel as though I could not carry around joy in my life. So I started to study what the word joy was. You know, and what's funny about that, I wonder if any of you have ever woken up in a bad mood. You know, raise your hand, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Well, there is this joke in my family. It's called the mommy morning mood because me without coffee is not a good combination. And sometimes I will wake up in the morning, maybe I should say more than sometimes, I'll wake up and I'm just not, I don't have a cheerful disposition. I'm not happy. I don't roll over and say, good morning, John, John, and smiley, even though he wishes I would. I wake up in a bad mood. Now, this is full disclosure. Sorry if this is too much for you already on a Sunday morning in church. But I wake up already predisposed on the wrong side of the bed. Anybody Anybody feel, come on, babe, that's not okay for you to sit true. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway, if you are not with us in the room, my husband is shouting down the fact that I have a bad attitude in the morning. So, But it is common knowledge that without coffee, that is a situation that I find myself awake in. But as I was studying out this year and trying to study out joy and say, God, I do want to wake up. Your mercies are new every morning. I want to wake up with a joyful attitude and a joyful heart. But me and myself, it doesn't come naturally. I am a joyful person. I do tend to see things a little bit more positively than just the average person. But man, I don't always wake up that way. And so I have to take some time and exchange my bad attitude, get in God's presence and spend some time with him because mommy morning mood is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so what, what I realized, though, as I was studying and I was looking at this, is that a lot of the times when I wake up in the morning with a bad mood, it's because of what I went to sleep with that night. See, there is something that has happened in our lives or maybe in our um, last year, or maybe in our relationships, or no matter what it is, and it is a burden that we're carrying around. We have sometimes these things that we don't know what to do with, and instead of being able to go to sleep in peace, we go to sleep burdened. And so we find ourselves going to sleep, and we wake up, and when we wake up, we've already got our burden on. We've already got our backpack on. And today what we want to talk about is God is greater than your pain. 
God is greater than our perspective. Because this year, let's just admit, there has been a lot of pain. And as I felt this word in my spirit a few weeks ago, I didn't know for sure what God would do in the next few weeks. But there have been a lot of reasons for us to have to address some pain in the last few weeks. I don't know what your thing has been. I don't know what you've been going through. But I want to let you know that God does know. He knows your pain. He knows what's going on. And you don't have to wake up totally feeling as though you are um, in pain and abandoned. Every morning, the Bible says, his word says that his mercies are new for us every single morning. So if that's true, then what do we do with it? How do we exchange our pain? How do we really truly believe in our own spirits and our own hearts that God actually is bigger than our pain? Because all of us, we all have something. It's different measures, but most of us feel it as deeply as the other person. It may not be as deep of an issue if you were to line them all out, but I'm telling you what I feel is as deep as what you feel. And we have these places that we go to sometimes and they're dark. So today, as we look at how God is bigger than our pain, I love this scripture. It says Isaiah, it's from Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10. If you're with me and you have a Bible app, go ahead and um, pull it out. If you're with me online, go ahead and check the Bible app online. It says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And the reason why I love this scripture is all throughout scripture, God is telling us, don't be afraid because I'm with you. Now, sometimes we don't find ourselves in deep despair and fear, but we lose hope. And we lose hope because of the situations that we've faced, because of the pain that we've faced. And today we're going to look at a few of those things. One of the scriptures that we, le we left off with last week was, be still and know that I am God. And I can tell you from experience, when I feel the most frustrated with my husband or with my situations or whatever they are, when I feel the most pain and I go to God with it, a lot of times that's his answer is be still and know that I'm God. And what do I mean by that? It's like to me, I'm like, God, that is almost a cheap answer. <laughs> like, God, I want you to give me real instructions of what to do. And so many times he tells me just to be still and trust him. And that's Honestly, if you're just being human about it, if you're being real about it, that's not an okay answer many times in ourselves. But when we really lean into who God is and the fact that he's greater than whatever that situation is, greater than our pain, we begin to realize that if we lean into him, then all of a sudden our be still and know that I'm God becomes such a settling statement. He gives us his peace and his grace. And so um, let's just take a moment and let's, let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you that you've already softened our hearts through worship, that you spoke to us, that you said that you're with us, that you are for us. And Father, today as we lean into your word, I pray that you would bring healing. God, I pray that you would go to the, uh, the, the places in our life that we need your freedom. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we look um, at, this, at this pain this morning, as we were singing this song, and we were singing about how God turns our, our deepest things, our graveyards, into a place of victory and a place of hope, I believe that's what God was wanting to speak to us today. God intends to turn your pain into a place of resurrected hope, into a place of freedom, into a place of purpose. But the enemy desires to turn your pain into a graveyard. He desires to cause those things that have brought you pain, whether it's other people that have put pain on you, other people's decisions, uh, situations in your own relationships, maybe things that you've done, your, the things you've gone through, the things that bring you pain. The enemy desires for that to be a death sentence for you. And 
it does not have to be. This is the message of the gospel. This is the peace that we can walk in. And so as we look at this, let's look at a few things. Some of the pain that we face. We all know what these things are, but I'm just going to list them out for us. One of the first things that we face is our internal emotional pain. And these are the things that keep me up. The reason why I wake up in a bad mood sometimes is because I didn't deal with yesterday and I didn't go to God and exchange it. So I wake up the next morning and it has not gotten better. I didn't sleep on it and it got better. I slept on it and it grew worse. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It does grow worse because your, 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 uh, your, your mind never... Your mind never knows fully how to process things if you don't go to God with those things. And so it's not that we have to solve every problem before we go to bed, but we do need to go to God and realize and begin to declare who he is in place of our pain, in place of those things, so that our spirit and our our flesh, our emotions, they know what to do with those things. So our internal emotional pain, let's talk about those things. Let's talk about what they are. The first one, they're the unchangeable things. Like I said, they're the things that keep us awake at night. They're the things that we can't do anything to change. Maybe it wasn't your choice. Maybe it wasn't your decision. Maybe somebody else did something to you. Maybe it was a family member and they didn't make a good choice. Or maybe it was some kind of external pain. Somebody did something and it causes us inside to truly feel as though there's a storm going on on the inside. And we can't sometimes ever walk out of these things. What do we do? The second one is unforgiven things. Things where we've been wronged. Things where you have been wronged. Somebody has wronged you. And we are choosing to hold on to unforgiveness. And it's painful on the inside when you rehearse over and over the things that you've been through and the things that you've gone through. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they're unforgiven things. And maybe it's on Instagram and you see a post and they're triggers for you. All of a sudden, something you see something and all of a sudden, all that pain comes right back. And all of a sudden, all of that hurt comes right back. These are things that we face. Real talk, right? Maybe it's the unexplainable things, the things that you question, the things you wish you could get before God and say, God, I just don't understand. Help me to understand. And this is the world that we face. We, as we were, if you were with us last week, you heard uh, Pastor John John speaking so beautifully about some of these things, the unchangeable things in our life that we don't know, we don't have the answers to, but our God is not the cause of our pain. Our God is the one who is our rescuer. There is sin in this world. We live in a sinful world. So people have the freedom because God loves us so much to make choices. And because of that, sometimes we pay the, the consequences, but God doesn't leave us there. And today, as we look at how God is greater than our pain, we need to understand that even these unchangeable, unforgiven, and unexplainable things, they are not bigger than God. But many times we make them in our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be bigger. And that's hard. And then this last one, this one's big. This one was a big one for me. It's unmet expectations. Maybe it's unmet expectations for your own self. Maybe it's your own dreams for your life. And you know, you guys may be young and maybe you haven't had those dreams not fulfilled yet. But I'm telling you, there are certain things. Maybe it was, maybe it was a goal that you had for yourself. And we find ourselves with these things. Man, I don't know how to forgive that person because I didn't do anything. They wronged me. I have a right to that. Or maybe they're just, there's nothing I can do about it. I'd like to do something, but it's just pain over and over and over again. And we've got these things, they're unexplainable, and they're unmet expectations, and we don't know what to do with them. Disappointing things. Are you with me? Come on, somebody in the chat, give me a hand clap, give me a heart, something, tell me you're with me. These are things that we all face if we're honest. But in church, we don't like to talk about it very often. (laughs) But today we're going there. Why? Because I believe 
that if we can see God as greater than our pain, if we can understand who he is, then we can walk out of having to carry around this backpack and this burden all the time because it's not God's intention for us to carry around. He said that our burden is easy, uh, his burden is easy, and his burden is light. And if we're walking around with these, these heavy things, it's really not something that God wants you to walk around with. And he wants to give you steps and tools to know how to let the backpack, put it down, and give it to God. And so as we look at these things, there's a few more things. There's the external pain. Maybe, maybe your body is hurting. Maybe physically you're hurting. Maybe it's sickness and disease and you didn't ask for it. But this is also pain because your mind, when, you're, when your body is physically sick, your mind also feels it and it, you feel hopeless and you don't know what to do and you don't, maybe the doctor gave you a diagnosis that, that is hopeless. Maybe you, maybe you face something and you're in pain all the time. Listen, our God knows your pain. Whether it's internal or external, our God sees it. He knows it. And if we can declare who he is in the middle of it, I'm telling you there is a way through it. The Bible said that even though you walk through the fire, walk through the fire, he will be with you. He will guide you and he is for you. So today as we're, in, as we're, as we're addressing some of these things, we understand that we don't have to um, stay in our pain, but most of the times as humans, we do. We take on these things that other people have done. We take on these things that we've felt, and we live in that, in our mind, in our heart. We rehearse it. We have triggers. People make us upset. We wake up in mommy morning mood all the time. And it's not that there is, uh, there's no excuse. It's not that there's no reason for it. We do have an excuse. We have a real legit reason why we deserve to feel that way. But can I tell you today that if we stay in that place, it will be a graveyard for us. If we just allow ourselves to wake up every day with the past, rehearsing all the unforgiven things, rehearsing all the things that other people have done to us, I'm telling you, it does not bring life. We have been learning about God and who he is, and we learned that, that God, when he spoke, though even just the very word brought life. So today, as we, as we look at the word of God, there's one last thing here that a lot of times we carry around, and that's other people's pain. We carry around other people's burdens, the things that they've gone through. Maybe it's just somebody online, or maybe it's somebody that you identify with, or maybe it's somebody in your family that you found out something, and sometimes we can't help but carry those burdens. In the hardest times, actually, I believe that God gives us the ability to carry other people's burdens and to help them. But if we take that burden and then we never put it back down, we never, we never, we never let it go and let God take care of it, we find ourselves heavy, burdened with this thing that we just can't seem to get rid of. This is not something we weren't designed to carry around these burdens, to carry around this backpack. It will eat us alive. There is a, um, an illustration that we've talked about many times in this church where sin and unforgiveness and these things left to ourselves, they, they really will rot us. And in olden days, as punishment for somebody's sin, they would put a dead person on their back and tie it to them. And so that per dead person started rotting and then it rotted them. It's a vivid, disgusting illustration, though, of what pain and unforgiveness does to our lives if we don't let it go, if we don't take it off and give it to God and declare who God is. And so here's my main point today, and I'll read you a couple more scriptures, but my main point is stop telling your God what your problem is and start telling your problem who God is. Stop telling your God what your problem is and start telling your problem who your God is. Because here's the thing. We go to God and, listen, God can handle our complaint. He can handle our problems, our situations, and we are supposed to go to God. But many times we stop there. When we go to God in prayer, all we do is complain. And if you look at scripture, when Jesus taught us to pray, he actually taught us the exact opposite. He said, 
Come to me and declare who I am first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But many times we come and we say, guess what, God? My will be done, my kingdom come, this is what I need, this is what I have to do. And we don't exchange our burden and we tell our God all of our problems, but we don't remind ourselves who God is. We don't remind ourselves first. And when I was learning to pray, when God began to reveal this to me, I realized so many times my morning mood has to do with the fact that I'm telling myself what my problem is way more than I'm telling myself who God is, way more than I'm reminding my soul. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. David David said that. Why? Because he knew we needed that. If you read in the Psalms, you find out David had a lot of complaint. God wasn't upset with him for his complaint, but what he did is he reminded himself over and over at the beginning and at the end of almost every chapter who God is. But my God shall supply all my needs. But my God is my victor. My God is my shield. My God is my rock. My God is my hope. Do you even know who God is? Because if you don't know the names of God and the description of God and who he is, how can you tell your pain to settle, settle down? How can you tell the storm to stop? Jesus, in the middle of the storm, all he had to do is stand up and say, stop. Don't you think he can do that for you as well in the middle of your storm? What if you included God in the middle of your pain rather than sitting there? The, the, the disciples in, um, in the boat, when they were caught in a storm and Jesus was sleeping, all they could see was the problem. All they could see was the storm. And at the moment that they called out on Jesus, at the moment that they decided to remember who God was, everything stopped. And can I tell you today, that is our place of victory. When we begin to tell ourselves who God is, let me read a couple of scriptures out for you that will encourage you. 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it says, For we do not lose heart. Although our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we do not look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Psalms 34, 18 says, God is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you were with us for prayer this last weekend, or this last Wednesday, you know that we prayed about that. Pastor Marquis brought the scripture out. God is close to the brokenhearted. God is close to those who are walking in pain. Listen, your God knows your pain. He's not trying to get you just to cover it up, but he's asking you to take it off and give it to him and tell your problem who God is because he is capable of carrying that for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, if you're a, a youth in this house, you probably know it by heart. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and to give you a hope and a future. And the next verse says that if you'll call out on him, that he will see you and he'll hear you and he'll rescue you. Now listen, we have to realize and remember who God is and the fact that he has purpose and a plan for us. It's actually who he is. The fact that he created us with purpose and plan. You're not here by accident. Your problem is not bigger than your pain. God wants you to put your pain in perspective. If we can just put our pain into God's perspective and put a different lens on it than our own way, listen, we all have a way of, uh, of feeling under our pain. Every single one of us. That's our natural bent. Our natural bent is to, is to want somebody to um, kind of feel sorry for us, to, to, to help us. We, we sometimes want somebody to know that we were the victim, and we want somebody to, to empathize with us, and that's natural, and that's not even all wrong, but if we stay there, we will never come out of that place, even without Jesus. In psychology, they say this, you cannot hold on to your pain or it will ruin your future. What has happened on the inside and what has happened to you does not have to determine who you are or who you'll become or your joy. And as we look at this today, the reason why is because our God, 
He comes and this light and momentary affliction. Now, we don't feel like it's light and, and, and just momentary. We were talking about James last week, and we said, hey, when these troubles come, when these trials come, consider it all joy. Yeah, really? Right? I'm going to consider it joy? Well, the reason why we find ourselves walking around with so much baggage is the fact that we don't shift our perspective to being able to see God in the middle of it and find his joy. Even in the middle of your darkest, deepest pain, God is there. He's with you and he intends to give you a joy that the world can't give, that your circumstances can't give. And as I've been discovering, listen, our God is the God of the unseen. He's the God of the misunderstood. He's the lover of our soul. He understands what your soul is going through. He understands your pain. He's been there. He realizes your heart and he's not trying to just tell you to forget it and walk away from it, but he wants to go there with you and he wants you to be... Uh, he wants you to be reminded of who he is and how he can walk with you through it. Now, why does this even matter? Because if you don't know the magnitude of your God, you'll find yourself overwhelmed by your problems and in a pit that you can't seem to climb out of. We've been there. I've been there. I've been there many times where it was, maybe it's just an emotional uh, battle. Maybe, maybe it's a physical uh, appearance thing that we don't like about ourselves. Or maybe it's a, a situational thing with our friends. Or maybe it's a, an expectation that we had for ourselves. These things, though, if we are honest about it, if, if like on Instagram, you know, on Instagram you can put in all these different, uh, even Snapchat, different places, uh, TikTok, you can put a filter on, right? So that you can look a little bit different. I think many times in our life, and I think I've said this many times, but we put a spiritual filter on and we want people to think that everything is good we want people to see us as being okay it is okay to not be okay with God it's okay for you to admit that I need God in my life to be able to walk through some of this pain we don't come to God and everything is just perfect it doesn't just happen all of a sudden overnight but we work through this process with God so um, Psalms 81, it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will be able to abide in the shadow of the uh, Almighty. And David says this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his, um, with his arms and under his wings I will find refuge. He is faithful. He's a shield and a buckler. I will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. And in Revelation 21, it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither will there be mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Now that last verse is talking about heaven. But when we say, God, your will be done and your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, I don't believe it's God's intention for you to walk in immense pain on earth and just wait till you get to heaven. If that were the case, whenever we're in pain, we would just, you you know, try to get to heaven faster. But that's not God's purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your pain. And if you can, um, if you can run into him and declare who he is in the middle of your pain, I guarantee you he will use it for his good. It's not that he caused your pain, but he plans to help you in the middle of your pain. So here's the test. If God is greater in your eyes, you will begin to supernaturally see possibilities in your problems and purpose in your pain. Let me see that one more time. If God is actually greater in your eyes than your problem, then you will supernaturally, by God's grace, begin to see actual possibilities in your problems, possibilities in your problems and purpose in your pain. Now, that doesn't come right away, but I can tell you that as you begin to declare who God is, a shift begins to take place in your spirit. A shift begins to take place in your mind to where instead of just carrying these things around every day and feeling burdened, 
How many of you know that when we are walking in unforgiveness, we carry that thing around and we rehearse it over and over and we can't seem to let it go. But as we begin to shift our our perspective, as we begin to shift what happened to us and we say, God, I need you to take my burden. I need you to take this thing that's been weighing me down. And today I'm going to tell my situation who you are instead of what I, I, I'm just looking at the, the, the backpack. God, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to even do anything. And you know, one of the things that, that we often do is our pain, we allow it to be labels in our life. And we put these labels on ourselves because of our pain. And we put these labels on and we declare who the problem is. And we call ourselves even that situation. And I didn't put any names on this because I want to declare to you today that although we may still have something there, God's going to write his word on it. And if we change our perspective and say, God, I know I'm in the middle of this. I don't know what to do with this. Somebody else hurt me or somebody else um, put this pain on me, or I don't know how to get out of these unmet expectations or God, the world isn't changing fast enough. God, there's still so much pain in this world and God, I'm still afraid and God, I don't know what to do. And people are still, people are still hurting me, God. And he's says, if I can give you a perspective, I'll write my word on your, on your situation and I'll write my name on your pain and I'll put my heart into your heart and I'll put my perspective. So what if we crossed out the label of our pain and we put on the names of God and we put on who he is and we really believed that God is greater. Let me read you a couple of the names of God and you know, some of these things, they will help you pray if you'll begin to rehearse some of these names of God. Bible says all throughout scripture that he's our father, that he is our most high God, that he's everlasting. He's the one who sees. So many times when I come in, come into the presence of God and I feel pain, I just need to remind myself that actually one of the names of God is the God who sees. You are Elroy, the one who sees. God, you see this. You, you actually, this isn't getting past you. This isn't getting by you. God gives us his perspective. It also is the, um, the God who will provide, the one who's my sanctifier, the one who's my banner. I used to not like this word banner. It talks about banquets and banners and what is all of this. But when you have a banner over something, it describes, it describes the situation. What if in your pain, instead of having your pain as the banner, you put God's name as the banner over that situation and the label and the, what, what drew, you, drew you into it? Another a couple other words from, from God is he is our healer. He's the Lord of hosts. He's our peace. He's present. He's the way. He's the door. He's the light. He is the vine. There's a scripture in John and it talks about Jesus says, I am the vine. If you remain in me, then you will produce much fruit. Listen, if we're carrying around all these labels and these backpacks of what our pain has done to us, we're not going to produce fruit. We're going to produce pain and we're going to produce, we're going to produce division and we're going to produce anger and we're going to produce things that are not of God. But if we remain in Jesus and remember who he is, it says that we will produce fruit in him. And it goes on to say in that scripture, and this is why I brought it out, it said, I've told you all of these things so that you could have joy. If we don't remain in God and remember who Jesus is, we will not be able to remain in joy. We won't be able to remain. We'll remain in our pain. We'll remain in our unmet possibilities and our unmet, our unmet expectations. So how do we change our perspective then? What are we left with? How do we change it? To see God as greater, we need to be willing to give over control to God. We can't have control of our situations and actually let God do any work in it. If you're still in control, if you're still trying to figure out what to do with it, if you don't go to God, God, give me your perspective, then you will not be able to have that pain lifted off of you. The next one is we actually have to be humble to be able to do that. Prayer is actually 
being humble before God, saying, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I'm not just going to look at how I feel and what other people have done to me, but God, I'm asking you for your wisdom. Stop talking about it and go to God in prayer. Stop talking about it to others. Stop posting about it on Instagram. Stop reposting everything that's painful to you. Post about who God is. Post about what he can do. Post about hope. Why? Because sometimes we need to be able to be reminded who God is. If he is for us, then nothing can be against us. And if we truly believe that, then we can do our best to encourage others and, and help others and see change happen. Listen, just uh, just posting the, 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 the awful things that happen doesn't cause change, but, but posting what we can do about it does bring hope, does bring, does bring peace. And so here we are. We need to position our hope in God. The Bible says, put your hope in God. What that means is you have a choice where your hope is. You actually have to set your mind, set your heart, put your hope in God. We set, we make a choice of our will to put our hope in God. Why? Because of who he is. We take the time to stop focusing on our pain, to stop rehearsing that mind, uh, that mind chatter. We got to stop the chatter, stop the chatter, right? And so, you know, as we're with us, Chelsea, Carmelita, Hank, Lamia, as you guys are online with us, there's so many of us that we see that we have a perspective that God can do things. Because listen, we not only can position our hope, but we can choose joy. We can choose joy, and we have this opportunity, not because joy is, not because things are just happy, but because we can rewrite the story. We can rewrite history because of who God is, because of the names of God, because he's our shield, because he's our comfort, because he's our hope, and we begin to tell our pain that God can, and he will, and he is above. He's our comforter. The Holy Spirit is with us. He is for us, and we begin to remind ourselves, God, I know who you are. I see this pain. I see this situation. I don't know what to do about it. I don't even know how to change it, but God, you are greater. God, you are greater. And so here are a few signs. Listen, we can whisper his name. We can remind ourselves who God is. We can see God in our situation. No matter what is happening, I want to ask you, do you actually see God working in your situation? If not, then maybe your pain is bigger than your God. Maybe your, maybe your situation is bigger than your God. God is working, and he wants to show you what his writing of your label would be, not what you have put on yourself, not what others have put on you, but he wants to show you. Listen, I love you. I care for you. God today is letting you know today that even though you may have walked through the hardest things, he has freedom for you. He has hope for you. He has peace for you because it's who he is, is who he is. We can listen for his comfort and then we can dwell and meditate on him. Dwelling, what is that? What is even meditating? It's what you think on. It's what you rehearse on the inside. It's what you think through. Here's a couple of signs of someone who's letting God be bigger than their pain. They talk, uh, about the positive, they're teachable, they look for growth, maybe with godly friends, getting counsel, maybe studying, they have peace, they have hope, and they have joy despite their circumstances, and they forgive easily. And then here's a couple of things that if you're letting your pain be bigger than your God, they're always talking about the negative, there's always something wrong going on, they refuse to grow, or listen, or receive counsel, they're angry and they hold grudges easily. We've all found ourselves in probably some of both of those places. But here's that test. The things of this earth, they are fading away. But listen, as we, as we put our focus in on God, we find that he is the God who cares. Have you ever gone to the ocean? 
In my times of my deepest pain, my my escape is to run to the ocean. And I realize that the ocean is way bigger than me. And I look out at the vastness of it. And then I realize it's stopping right here. Who tells the waves where to stop? Who tells the ocean where to stop? It's our God. He is greater than my situation. He's greater than these waves that keep coming. He's the one who calls and and stills and storms. Uh, He he stills every single storm. And so as we we look and um, as we look at who God is, we recognize that if this becomes a habit in our life, if our if rehearsing our problems becomes a habit, then we'll find ourselves in deep pain. But if rehearsing who God is in the middle of our pain becomes a habit, we'll begin to find ourselves with freedom. I'm going to leave you with this quick story. Before we moved to Pacifica, I brought my whole family. My husband was on a missions trip, and I brought my whole family. And you may have heard this story before, but we came out to um, Lindemar, to Pacifica, where we live now. And I had, Ethan was a brand new baby, and I had four little kids, and my nephew David was with me, and we were, we were having a great day. And as we were getting ready to go, I was wrapping everything up, and I looked around, and all of a sudden, Jaden was gone. And Jaden was about four at the time, and I couldn't find him anywhere. And as we're getting ready to go, my husband was, I think he was in Haiti, he was overseas, and I couldn't even get a hold of him, couldn't text him at that time. And I looked around, and how many of you have ever known the panic of when you have lost somebody or lost something, and so it, maybe, maybe it's just something unchangeable, something you couldn't do? Well, in that moment, I was totally panicked. I, there was nothing that I could do in that moment. I looked everywhere. I started calling out his name. I started looking under everything. I ran to the street. I, I looked in the ocean. I started looking at every, everything, and I called everybody around me. David, you go that way. I'll go this way. And I started running. I am not a runner, but I ran that day and I began all of a sudden it was a beautiful day all of a sudden everybody on the beach began to say what is wrong I'm like I've lost my son he's only four and he doesn't know how to swim and he doesn't have a life jacket on everything stopped I'm telling you everything on that beach stopped even the people in the water every surfer they were all looking everybody started looking the entire beach was desperate for me I became desperate and I was I was crying God I can't do this I can't call my husband and tell him I've lost our four-year-old to the ocean on a on a whim because I'm the one who came all the way out. I needed to have my own whim, my own, my own ocean time, right? Selfishly. And, and as I began to be and feel the pain and the weight of what this would look like, imagine all of a sudden living life without my son. Imagine right now living life, the fact that he could be in the ocean. He doesn't know how to swim. I can't find him. We've looked up and down the ocean two or three times. And I begin to feel the pain of an unchangeable situation that is out of my control and I can't do anything about it. And I'm telling you, because God had begun to to work in my life, to begin to tell my problems, begin to tell my pain who God is. Something shifted on the inside of me, and instead of crying and weeping and being in despair, all of a sudden I began to declare who God, no, my God is a healer. Even if he drowned on, my God's going to heal him. Even if if I don't know what to do, I began to prophesy and speak to, speak who God is, speak to the situation who God was rather than what I felt. And it for me, it probably um, seemed like about three years. It, it was the longest five minutes of my life. But there it was. Jaden had taken his, his football and ran all the way down to the farthest, farthest end where nobody ever goes to. He was probably half a mile, and David found him and brought him back. And the whole entire beach cheered. But can I tell you the reason why I didn't find myself crumbling under the, under the pain, calling the police and, and, and screaming and crying out in pain? I wasn't sure if he was in the ocean. I wasn't sure if I'd have to say goodbye to him in that moment. But I began to tell my problem who God was. I began to shout out who God was rather than what was going on, no matter what it is. Maybe it's your marriage, your kids, your relationship. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's even your future. The reason why we need to have a godly perspective of our pain is 
if we don't, we'll push ourselves away from godly growth, from empathy for others, and we'll become self-centered and we'll remain victimized. We don't have to remain the victim of our pain. God wants to give us freedom today. And if we remain in God, there's an old song, and it was one that I learned when I grew up. It says, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. And we would sing it over and over. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you, for your pain, for your circumstances, for the hardship, for the, for the things that you've been facing. What if we got this in our spirit and God, we realized and we spoke to ourselves, God is bigger than my current situation. He's bigger than my physical pain. He's bigger than my emotional pain. And as I begin to declare who God is, I begin to be healed on the inside. And though I still have a backpack with things, it's not as heavy as it used to be because I'm not carrying around the weight of the, of the wrong perspective. You may not have done it to yourself. God knows, he sees, he understands, and he's gonna give you his hope. And so if I can give you one takeaway assignment as we close out, is to meditate this week on who God is. Meditate on who he is instead of your problem. Take note and ask yourself, what am I thinking about? Think about what you're thinking about and recognize, am I choosing joy? Am I choosing God and his perspective and his names? Or am I allowing this problem to become bigger than my God? So today, as we, as we look, if you don't know where to start, I wanna ask you, just go to Psalms 40. I was reading Psalms 40 this week. Somebody write down Psalms 40. Look at Psalms 40, read it over yourself talk about it, rehearse it, maybe even memorize it. Because if you hide God's word in your heart, it begins to do something for you. Your God is your strength and he's your joy. And you can stop telling your God about your problem and start telling your problem who God is. Amen. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'm going to say a simple prayer here. Maybe you've been with me today and you've never given uh, your, your heart to God. You've never said, God, I want you to be in control. That was one of the steps that we heard today. You said you've, you've never given God access to your life. Today, we're going to invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And we're going to say a, a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray over you, even in the middle of your pain today. Father, I thank you for each person here, each person watching online and each person who's in the room. Father, I thank you that you see what we're going through and that you're not leaving us alone. But God, I thank you. You are a comfort. You are a strength. You are a hope. You are a shield. You are a rock. And we tell ourselves even today that you are greater than our pain. And God, we thank you for your perspective today. God, we ask that you would give us your wisdom and your grace. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that you, you are with us and you are for us. And today, if you're with me and you've never given your heart to Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me. All of you pray out loud with me. Say, Dear Father, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And God, I give up my own control. And I ask you to take control and be the Lord of my life. I receive you into my life right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, church. I'm going to invite Pastor John to come up and close out the service. Love you guys, and we'll see you guys really soon.